No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It's Wednesday night. And it's another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers fucking broadcast here on D-Live. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there once again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out if you did. If you didn't, well, I guess that's okay too, you freeloading scum. But (laughs) thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition. Uh, If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Podbean, on Spotify, or follow me on Twitter. Well, not or, and, we should say and, and follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper, or, you know, Gab if you want. Gab, nope, I never get any engagement on Gab. I have like 1,400 followers on Gab, and it doesn't, I could post full nudes on Gab and would still get like zero, zero engagement. (laughs) Completely, it's always zero. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Frozen Asian in the chat. Ladies and gentlemen, follow Frozen Asian, friend of the program. We've got to get Frozo on. Frozo, we've got to get you on. I've I've thought about, like, what, but what could I do with Frozen Asian? <laughs> I don't want to, I, it should, I don't mean to make it sound that way. Uh, follow Frozen Asian, by the way. Sunday night shit show, ladies and gentlemen, himself and his comrade Spent D. Always a lot of fun on a Sunday night. But so I've had Joy of Pessy on the program. I've had Major Tom, uh, Semper Loaded has called in. We've had Irrational Times. We've obviously had JJ Stoner on the show. The only one that's kind of missing out is like uh, Frozen Asian. And I've been thinking about it for like the last couple of weeks. I've got to get Frozo on. Because otherwise, not only, you know, do I feel like I'm leaving Frozo out, but uh, also people might accuse me of being racist. And it's like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, I can't bring him on and say, I Reiki Chinese, you know, like, that's not going to be nice. <laughs> and I wouldn't want people to accuse me of racism. So I've got to do something for Frozo. But what what would I, what could I possibly do? What could I possibly talk about? We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it off air, Frozo. I want to bring you on a show. If you want to be on, maybe he fucking doesn't want to. Maybe sitting there right now on the other side of the screen going, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. If you can appeal to my tendency to torture viewers, well, we could just put you on cam with a hat. That'll probably do the trick. <laughs> we can do hat cam. No, no, that's the Sunday night shit show. Can't steal your bits. Thank you for joining us. Uh, he says that JJ doesn't approve of my no camera. Well, uh, I was really old. <laughs> I didn't. I, I guess I better run things past JJ first. <laughs> oh, no. JJ Stoner has an opinion of me. How how awful. <laughs> winning TV with a diamond. You had me on half racist since I'm half Asian. Yes, we've had winning TV on. He's half Asian. So we, we, you know, we wet our whistle. We dipped our toe in the water. 
with Winning TV, who is half Asian, half Italian, ladies and gentlemen, Brother Bring. Ah, oh, yeah, Brother Bring. You're, you're not a grubber girl? Yeah, you're Brother Bring. You make a funny. What the hell is going on around here, huh? You got to show respect to your mother, Brother Bring. Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, DLive.tv slash Winning TV. Um, I do want to, there's a couple of things I want to get into tonight. We've barely touched on Kamala. We must be the only people on planet Earth who haven't touched on Kamala. Softly, sensually, running your hand up and down the small of her back, caressing her inner thigh, metaphorically, of course. So tonight we will touch on Kamala. Uh, I also want to go over, I, and I, I touched on with a lot of touching so far tonight. Luckily, I'm not on camera. So I touched earlier on my Periscope. If you didn't catch it, if you follow me on Twitter, at Boogie Bumper, I don't do a lot of Periscopes, you know, impromptu Periscopes these days. But every now and then, if I feel like I've got to, like, talk my thoughts out, I'll jump on Periscope, like, early in the morning at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning and have a little convo, usually during a break at work. And it's like, well, I'm going to try and talk this out a little bit. So we touched on uh, the commercial of Kim Klasich, the Republican who just won nomination for uh, a congressional seat in Baltimore. I want to play that commercial and go over a couple of things, aesthetics, which I think are very good. Going to touch on Kamala Harris. We're also going to take a trip into Wuhan, ladies. Wuhan! 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 Because I've got you all in check. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That was terrible. I know. I know. I'm fucking awful. I'm embarrassed. Trust me. If that made you cringe, just imagine what it feels like to be me for a day, would you? Have some empathy. Christ. And then we've also got some weird and wonderful things that are just kind of sitting on my computer waiting to be brought out. Speaking of punishing the audience, we could we could punish you all the way to hell tonight if we want. So keeping that in mind, with all of that stuff on the horizon, I want to open... On a slightly different note, though, if I can, if you'll allow me, if you'll give me the space. Because in this day and age, ladies and gentlemen, in 2020, as you know, here on this program, we're a very body positive show. That's right. Uh, We love all of your bodies. We love every inch of you. We want you to feel totally complete and secure in your own skin. We love love here on this program. We hate hate and we love love. So this is a body body positive safe space here on the Daily Boogie. And when we have body positivity, the body positivity movement uh, growing as quickly as it is, then there's other things that come along with that. Particularly body positive porn, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So who wants to get a little wild tonight? Who wants to get a little freaky? Expand your horizons, I say. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Before we get to the serious stuff, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Daily Boogie. And I'd like to open the show this way just in case we get a few stragglers, just in case we get a few first-timers who come in. And so, I'm really interested in uh, direct and real political analysis, so I'm going to tune in to the Daily Boogie. He seems like a very smart guy, and he's got very nice things to say about our president and other world leaders. And I really think that, uh, you know, serious conversations about politics are important. And, uh, like, I agree. 
serious politici- uh, conversations about politicians are important. But I'm going to make you earn it here on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, have a look at this. Yes. Erotic weight gainer binges 10,000 calories a day to grow 35 stone body and please kinky fans have a look at this throbbing this throbbing pile of hot man meat here. I'm really missing out. I should be on OnlyFans. An erotic weight uh, erotic weight game. <laughs> Who knew that there was such a thing? An erotic weight gainer is on a mission to make his 35 stone body even bigger. His fans are turned on by his signature ball gut, which he shares pictures of on Only on OnlyFans. There, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. I present to you Ethan Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at that gunt. Looking good, isn't he? We knew it would always end this way. First you release the sex tape and then you try to monetize it. It makes sense to me. Uh, Gainer Bull, that's his stage name, Gainer Bull, whose real name is Brian. Brian, hi, Brian. (laughs) T.S. Moose, Ralph, no. He binges on 10,000 calories a day. The Florida-based, based, based Florida. The the Florida-based 44-year-old does so to please himself and his 7,000 fans who have a fetish for bulkier blokes. Some tune in to watch his loading sessions <laughs> where he films himself eating food. It's the mukbang from hell. And others follow him on Instagram and OnlyFans where he posts topless pictures of his signature ball gut. While the fetish may seem unusual to some, no, this is perfectly normal. Welcome to the age of opulence. Cabaret in the chat. We deserve the nightmare we get in the future. I couldn't agree more. But, you know, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a sexual Puritan by any stretch of the imagination. If this turns you on, like if there's a market for this, okay, so be it. While the fetish may seem unusual to some, it's pretty well known in both LGBTQ and straight communities. So both the gays and the straights are fans of this. (laughs) Again, who knew? (coughs) I guess we've just destroyed yet another vicious stereotype, which would be the one that refers to gay people like being thin You know, gay people being very thin, looking after their weight and stuff. That's obviously a lie. Very popular with the gays. Look, look, it is is a tremendous belly, though, I have to admit. (laughs) Devil sunburn. Holy fuck. What a mess. That's nothing. Wait till I show you the video. (laughs) Brian's own interest in gaining weight transpired when he noticed an attraction to bigger body types in his teens. As a teenager, when he came of age, he realized... I really like the obesity. I'm a fan of the big ball guts. He told Metro, uh, Kitty in the chat, gays love bears. Yes, but do they love these kinds of bears? Again, news to me. (laughs) He told Metro, I can remember being as young as six, watching cartoons with exaggerated body proportions of muscle and bellies that just caught my interest as an ideal. He must have been a hell of a lot of fun going and sitting on Santa's lap at the mall, huh? 
What would you like? What would you like for Christmas, young man? I want your belly in my face, you fat fuck. You fat hot fuck. In my teens, I started working out in my early 20s and I started working on bulking up my gut as well. Bulking up. Do you even lift, bro? It turned sexual in my teens when I realised the idea and process of getting bigger excited me more than anything else. The great tragedy about this is if you are turned on about your own belly getting to that size, you'll never be able to masturbate to it because you won't be able to find your penis. I mean, it's it's a cruel world, isn't it? It truly is a cruel and awful, vicious world out there. I've never been so turned on by this and I can do nothing about it. The social media star, he's a star, (laughs) weighed around 12.8 stone when he started bulking and over the years he's managed to grow his size to 35 and a half stone. So there you have it. Gainer bull, ladies and gentlemen. Now I promised you a clip. (laughs) Told you we're going to start a little freaky tonight. Here's uh, some gainer bull action, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to hear the sound. I need to hear this guy wheezing. We've got to have audio. <laughs> I've got to hear that skin stretching and then flapping back into place. Let's try this again. Oh, there is no audio? Well, that's most unfortunate. <laughs> Looking good, though, isn't he? Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? <laughs> Rapunzel in the chat. The surgical scar is a nice touch. I couldn't agree more. That's called value adding. Gainable. You can get, you can, for only $20 a month, ladies and gentlemen, you can get access to all of this. Isn't it wonderful? So. We're very much in favour of body positivity on this show. Obviously, as you can see here, there is no downside to the body positivity movement whatsoever. This man is perfectly healthy, perfectly fine, and doing something that is perfectly normal. Of course. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Okay, so I think we've gotten rid of the part-timers now. That's good. I think we've gotten rid of the people who just wandered in off the street. What the hell is this? I don't like this program at all. Why did you send me this link? I thought this was going to be serious about politics. What the hell is going on here? (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Okay, now that they're gone, let's do some politics. So like I said earlier today, uh, talking about Kamala Harris, we haven't really touched on it on the show. So I thought we best have a look. We best investigate what is going on with the vice presidential pick, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the corporate media doing what the corporate media does. Let's take a look at this clip. The unconventional Democratic National Convention will make history tonight as California. Oh, wait, do you get it? Do you see what he. <laughs> See, the unconventional convention. (laughs) 
They're so good. These the writers on these programs. California Senator Kamala Harris accepts the Kamala. party's vice presidential Kamala. nomination. She is the first black woman and first Asian American on a major party ticket. She's both of those things. <laughs> Interesting. We killed two birds with one stone with Kamala. How convenient. Now we don't have to have a special celebration when we get an Asian American woman of color. And we don't have to have a special celebration when we get a black woman of color. We could just combine the two. Gee, if only we could get her adopted by white parents, then we'd have it all. Very convenient. But her political career had already broken barriers before this broken one. Barriers. When Senator Kamala Harris was picked as Joe Biden's running mate, there was a collective scream. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this let the rewriting of history begin. All of these people, you know, all of these people despise Kamala Harris. And you really are being treated as though you've got goldfish memories. I remember on this show, we covered it on this show. At the time, I was also doing a show with uh, my comrade, the flying Hawaiian, James R. At Real Person PLTCS, if you want to follow we were doing a show called Trust and Verify. We covered the Democrat nomination uh, vote for president very closely. And I remember doing shows about, I remember telling jokes about this, that the corporate press and the intellectuals and people with platforms were constantly telling Democrats that diversity is very important to them. Do you remember? Oh, look at all of the diversity we have running here. Aren't they people? No, no, they're diversity. Oh, good. Okay, great. So look at all the diversity we have running for president. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it fantastic? You love diversity, Democrat voters. You're all about diversity. You care more about diversity than just about anything else that could possibly be an issue for you. But when Democrats actually had the chance to cast their votes for who they want representing their party to run for president, all of the top people were white. <laughs> and before people say Bernie Sanders isn't white, um, Elizabeth Warren isn't white, let's go with the term aesthetically white at least, okay? If that makes you happy. So all of the top candidates, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, all white. We even played a clip on this show where Cory Booker, after, he, after Kamala Harris dropped out, Cory Booker accused Democrat voters of racism. Believe it or not. He said he, he's never felt so disappointed because with all of this diversity on the stage, his own constituents are refusing to vote for the black woman because she's a black woman, right? So when Democrat voters actually had the chance to cast their own votes for who they want representing them, it seems, and in fact, it doesn't seem, it's obvious that diversity didn't even fucking register as something that they were at all concerned about. If they did, then Kamala Harris would have got more than 1% of the vote. But now Kamala Harris is the VP uh, nomination. And we're just pretending like nothing happened.
now you're going to get the same people, the intellectuals, the media class, ladies and gentlemen, the people with platforms. Yay! This represents because Democrats want diversity. They are telling Democrats what they want. They're not listening to what they want. In any way, shape or form. <laughs> and for many women of colour, a sense of pride. See? This is a watershed moment. Watershed moment. founded She the People to elevate women of colour to political power. And women of colour, particularly black women, have moved from the periphery to the centre of American politics. They haven't though. Rightly or wrongly, again, Democrats did not want her. I mean, if it's so obvious, if it's so obvious what Democrat voters want, why isn't she the presidential nominee? You see, you see that very inconvenient thing that comes up called reality? Have you noticed that from time to time? Reality pops its little head up out of the trench. It says, hello, why isn't anybody paying attention to me? And, you know, the people in the corporate press like to snipe reality from the other side of the battlefield. <laughs> Take reality's head right off, clean off in the trench. Medic! Got to shoot that reality down whenever it pops its ugly little head up. Oh, it's it's we're, diversity is at the centre of the conversation. It's all about diversity. It wasn't, it isn't, and it never was. But they're going to pretend we're the queen makers. That's progress. What I think is so lovely about this story, it's not it's just lovely. women of color who are celebrating Kamala Harris. It's women of all colors who are, who are cheering her on. And no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's literally less than 1% of the Democrat Party base which is cheering this on. This is manufactured. This is make-believe. This is fantasy. This is not real. When Democrats had the chance to vote for who they want to run for president, they did not want diversity. That doesn't that's not to say that they hate black people or anything like that. To me, it shows that Democrat voters actually are concerned with things not uh, they are concerned with things that, you know, people in the corporate press and intellectuals are not concerned with. But maybe things like, I don't know, their job, you know, having money in their pocket, health care perhaps. You know, the normal average shit that Democrats used to run on not that long ago until they were, you know, taken over and conquered by the intellectual far left, which thinks that Democrats only care about shit like diversity or because that's what they get told. She seems to check a lot of boxes. I checks find it, yeah, she checks a lot of boxes. We've checked the Asian American and the Black American already. <laughs> Jamaican community is cheering for her. The, the Jamaican community is cheering for her. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're very lucky. We do have a North American representative of the Jamaican, uh, the Jamaican community in the chat right now. Kitty B, let us know. Are you cheering for Kamala Harris? <laughs> Please, let us know. As the resident as the resident representative of the Jamaican community let us know how much let us know how much do you love Kamala, Kamala Harris I'll give you a multiple choice question okay how much do you love Kamala Harris lots very much or completely those are your only three options Kitty B's response in the chat ladies and gentlemen our resident Jamaican representative 
she is a worthless whore. <laughs> oh, but the, the Jamaican community is celebrating. She said everybody's celebrating the Jamaican community. <laughs> well, we're one for one. We've got it. We've we have a Jamaican. <laughs> She's a worthless whore. <laughs> there you go. Newsflash. <laughs> her, the Indian community is cheering for her. The Asian community is cheering for her, and certainly the Asian community is cheering for her. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. Let's ask our one black friend, Boogie. No, no, Kitty's more Kitty's more refined than just a black friend. She's a Jamaican friend. <laughs> it's very, it's much more specific than that. So, I know we have a couple of representatives from the Asian community. So we've checked with the with the Jamaican community. Apparently, the word back from the Jamaican community is she's a worthless whore. Now, we have Frozen Asian, we have Winning TV. I'm sure we have a couple more Asians hiding out there in the wings. So let us know. Are you celebrating Kamala Harris right now? Let us know. The corporate press is telling us that you are. Surely you must be. Frozen Asian's response, as an Asian, no, I am not cheering her on. Winning TV, the Asian community says she's a worthless whore. <laughs> We're two for two with worthless whores. How about that? What a surprise. But the good people at CBS are telling me that everybody's celebrating this. I know we watched the nomination phase of, of for the Democrats, you know, six months ago when Kamala Harris was wholly unpopular with Democrat voters, but now it seems all is forgiven. Black America is cheering for her, but I've had a lot of white women... Black America is cheering for her as well. Two have reached out to me that said, this is just a great look, as they say, for women all over the world. <laughs> a great look for women all over the world. So it's not half obvious the story you're getting told here. Let's go to our favourite outlet, CNN, ladies and gentlemen. In the past, has talked has talked about being a bridge a to the bridge. next generation. Build and a bridge and what get over we it. See here is not so much a bridge, but somebody. God, they talk some fuck. They, don't they talk some shit? <laughs> don't they talk some absolute shit on these programs? Have a listen again. Joe Biden in the past has talked has talked about being a bridge to the next generation. And what we see here. Joe Biden has talked about being a bridge to the next generation. He needs to be a bridge to like the next four generations. The man's nearly 80 years fucking old. The next generation is in their mid 60s. <laughs> I'm going to be a bridge to the next generation. Joe, it's 2020. You, you were born before black people were allowed to drink out of water fountains. What the hell are you talking about? The next generation. And hopefully one day I think all women in America should be allowed to use microwave ovens. 
is not so much a bridge, yeah. but somebody who is embracing the next generation, mm. who has said, said, I'm going to be transformational yes. by choosing a black woman oh. as my vice president. And and by the way, in doing this, yes. the Democratic Party is sort of saying, okay, well, and Biden is saying, you know, you're the next likely nominee, oh. no matter when it comes, yeah, because you've served uh, as vice president should they win. Just interestingly on that, Great pause there, by the way. <clears throat> Just interestingly on that, um, I did wonder, AOC nominating Bernie Sanders, I know people are saying, oh, it's procedural and stuff, blah, 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 blah. I do tend to agree with, um, I was watching a bit of ROTC before the show tonight, I do tend to agree with Mersh's position that they could get anybody to become, like, to nominate to second Bernie Sanders nomination. It does have a bit of a smell around it, doesn't it, that AOC broke ranks and now they're doing damage control? And people saying, oh, it's procedural, it's procedural. Yeah, but why AOC? Like, if I'm Nancy Pelosi, I do not want to turn AOC into a rock star. And by her nominating Bernie Sanders, that's exactly what's taking place. So I do, it does have a bit of a smell around it, that's all. So let's just say, let's just, for the sake of argument, say that she went off script. Could it possibly be that AOC is herself? I've seen a lot of articles this week talking about AOC in 2024. Believe it or not. So I've seen a lot of articles with AOC 2024. Could it be possibly that AOC is planning a run in 2024? So even though the chances of a Biden-Kamala Harris ticket winning are very small. AOC also gets her opportunity to torpedo the Biden nomination, to torpedo the campaign by splitting the vote to ensure that Kamala Harris doesn't become VP and therefore doesn't have a platform to run on in 2024 as vice president. Like, she might be president by 2024 if Joe Biden wins. So she doesn't want Kamala Harris to win this vote because she wants to run in 2024 instead of... She will probably run against Kamala Harris, right? Just a thought. I don't for a second think that there isn't any possibility that there isn't some fucking Frank Underwood shit going on here, right? So that's just just something that occurred to me when I, when I saw that clip of AOC. But let's carry on here. And I think what Biden is doing is a larger thing. It's not a bridge anymore. This has become uh, more of a transformation. He is saying the black voters in the... Uh, Dan, it's not in the chat. AOC will just barely be 35 in 2024. I understand that, but again, like, so here's a couple of things to consider, right? Just try to cast your mind forward to 2024. Do you think that there's a chance that Democrats will go with enough of the old white man story in 2024, right? Enough old white men. Let's get past the old white men. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can see Democrats running on that. And for them to put like a smart, uh, smart, pardon me, pardon my friend. That was a fucking Freudian slip. For them to put a young person up as a presidential candidate would be a very smart thing to do, believe it or not. Here's why. In 20, We've talked about this before. In 2024, the demographics are such that 
the youth vote in the United States as a percentage of the population will be the biggest in American history. There will be more people, you know, 30 between the ages of 21 and 35 voting in 2024 than there has ever been in any United States election ever. It's also going to be the first time that that demographic, that grouping of potential voters will be majority non-white. Right? Now, you can say what you like about, you know, race and stuff, that's fine, but statistically non-white people overwhelmingly vote for the democrats so if you're looking down the road into the future the future election in 2024 here's what you've got going for you let's say that donald trump wins in 2020 right it is highly improbable that the republicans will win a third term in the white house why because historically i think it's happened maybe four or five times in the past that a party has won three terms back to back to back. So it's very, very, very rare for that to happen. So already history is on the side of the Democrats in 2024. They are already the favourites to win in 2024. You also take into account the demographics. It's the largest youth vote that's ever taken place in the United States in 2024. And it's the first time that it's a majority non-white voting block in 2024. Why wouldn't you run AOC? AOC, who has already figured out she's ahead of the curve. She's already figured out how to go viral. She already understands social media. What we think about her personal politics and her personality and stuff runs runs second to the point that I'm in Australia, right? There is absolutely no reason why I should know even her name. She is a first-term congresswoman from New York she should not even she should not even be known outside of her own district the fact is she's interna- she's an international brand already so if she stays in which she likely will imagine how much bigger she'll be in 2024 she's she's already known outside the united states as a first term congresswoman there are people who have been in congress for 20 30 fucking years who people outside the United States would not even know about, but they know AOC. They already know her. They know her face. They know her voice. She's on Instagram. They know her. So I can see why the Democrats might run her in 2024 for all of those reasons. Again, believe it or not. And uh, somebody in the chat said she'll be, she would have just turned 35 That's all she needs. Even if it's only a month before the election, that's good enough. That's what the rule says. You've got to be 35. That'll do. In this country, I am listening to you. But let's get back to Kamala Harris and the rewriting of history and the fawning here. The Democratic Party is sort of saying, okay, well, and Biden is saying, you know, you're the next likely nominee, no matter when it comes. They're already trying to position her. uh, As vice president, should they win? And I think what Biden is doing is a larger thing. It's not a bridge anymore. This has become uh, more of a transformation. He is saying to black voters in this country, I am listening to you. Here we go again. He's saying to young voters who want to see something different, (laughs) I am listening to you. And he's also got a partner here, I would argue, she's been tough on crime but she understands the issues 
and she is going to have to uh, deal with police reform, criminal justice reform. It's just, it's just empty blather, isn't it? It's just empty nonsense you get on these shows, which is why I watch them, to be fair, because this kind of shit turns me on. Um, choice. So we have let's to go, see let's go. what Donald Trump is going to have to do to her. We're going to try to do to her. Let's put it that way. Right. Oh, she's we'll indestructible. And, and what, what could Donald Trump possibly do to her? She's indestructible. She can't lose. She couldn't get 1% of Democrats behind her six months ago. Never forget, Democrats do not like her. They are being told what they like. Talking about her record, um, as we pointed out, she was district attorney in San Francisco, attorney general in California. Her record will no doubt be under scrutiny. But uh, given the race reckoning in this nation, David and she has recently advocated for police reform. She pushed a Senate bill to make lynching a federal crime. <laughs> she also compared the Border Patrol to the KKK, which was fun. Um, and also, let's not forget, she's relatively young. She's 55 years old. 55. What is the significance? To be fair to her, she looks quite good for 55, I've got to admit. Hence of that. Well, uh, she's a young 55. With, uh, I didn't think she was that old. Is uh, significantly older than that. I think that's the significance of it, Pam, is that uh, he's going to be 78 years old. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a scary world, isn't it? Think about this. The 55-year-old vice presidential candidate is being pushed as the young vote option. Imagine what it'll be like. Imagine the conversations in 2024. Just imagine it. She's 55. She's young. She's fresh. She's hip. She used to listen to Tupac and Snoop Dogg and smoke weed. <laughs> right? Garbage. But all of their all of their campaigning is centered around, hey, it's all about the youth. It's all about you. It's all about the next wave. It's all about the kids. It's all about the children. Cast your mind back to David Hogg during the time of the midterms, ladies and gentlemen. We can change this. We can do it. Blah, 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 fucking blah. It's all about the youth vote because they know in 2024 that's going to be their hand grenade. That's going to be their their ticket is the youth vote in 2024. Demographically and just as a you know, as a percentage of the population that's eligible to vote. The the numbers are on their side, the Democrats. This fall, and uh obviously that added sort of to the weight of this pick. Is he going to, as he has called himself, a transitional figure uh in this moment in time? And and will this pick be part of that vision? Well, with somebody who is in her mid-50s, it does seem uh, a bit of torch passing going on here, at least uh, bringing along the next generation of leadership uh, with him. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such rubbish. So here's why I think Kamala Harris was picked as the vice presidential candidate. I don't think it's got anything to do with, you know, women of color are celebrating seeing themselves being represented as a potential, you know, member of the White House ticket. I don't think that's real. I don't think that's true at all. Reason being, when they had a chance to vote for a woman of colour, they refused to do so. They didn't want one. They wanted Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, or Amy Klobuchar. Torch passing, right? <laughs> exactly, winning TV. So I think the nomination of Kamala Harris is entirely down to securing funding. Because I don't think 
the Democrats are legitimately... I don't think their main aim in this election is winning the White House. I sincerely don't. Mod at the graph. Uh, yeah, right. America has woken up. Won't happen. Okay. <laughs> It'll never happen here. <laughs> Thanks for playing. So I don't think that they're legitimately trying to win the White House in 2020. I think their focus is on down-ballot votes, specifically speaking, Senate seats. There is about five or six Senate seats which the Democrats would feel they have a chance of winning in 2020. In 2018, during the midterms, there was more Democrat senators up for re-election than there was Republicans, and a number of those Democrats were in knife-edge races, which the Republicans won. If you're Nancy Pelosi, why would you waste somebody, why would you waste a youthful, uh, you know, diversity pick in 2020 when your chances of winning are a lot smaller than what they will be in 2024 for all of the reasons we outlaid before? It's historically very rare for a party to win three terms back to back to back. And in 2024, it's going to be the biggest youth vote, which is going to be for the first time in American history, non-white majority. So why would you waste any kind of potential winner in 2020 when your chances of winning are a lot less than what they will be in 2024? But what you can do is target a handful of Senate races where Republican senators are up for re-election in what they would think to be toss-up elections, right? There's, I know that there's... I should have got the numbers out. There's one in Colorado that's at risk. There's one in the Carolinas. There's a couple more in other parts of the country which are in like purple states or even blue states. Republican senators. So you, 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 you get Kamala Harris because she's a known fundraiser and you select Joe Biden because he's the safe corporate option. The big money Democrat donors are not going to give money to a Bernie Sanders because his first order of business when he wins the White House is going to be to regulate them out of existence. People who have a lot of money who give billions of dollars to the Democrat Party every four years in elections, just because they vote Democrat does not mean that they want to, you know, hand over all of their money, right? They vote Democrat for probably favours, for historical reasons, like traditional reasons, whatever that reason may be. But just, just because they're a billionaire and they support the Democrats does not mean that they want to go fucking broke. So... Joe Biden represents the safe corporate option. Joe Biden is the guy who's going to say, I'm going to go in there and not change anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to change very much at all because billionaire business owners who donate money to political campaigns, regardless of what they say publicly, do not want radical change. They want business as usual. They want something that's predictable. They want a politician. They want a president that's predictable who's not going to make any big moves. Because big moves and unpredictability is bad for business. You can't plan for that shit. <clears throat> so they go with Joe Biden so he can secure the money from the big Democrat donors and also Kamala Harris because she's a known fundraiser. She's very unpopular. We, we went through the numbers before. None of the Democrats actually wanted her. None of the Democrat voters wanted her. But the people who do like her are the people who give money to the Democrat Party, specifically in California and New York. <clears throat> so they would like to win the White House, I think, but I don't think they're trying to. I think that this ticket is all about securing funding 
so they can fund the down-ballot votes in Senate races where they think they've got a chance of replacing Republican senators. And if you think about it, all they have to do is win four Senate races. Four Senate races they can identify as having a chance of winning. And then guess what? It doesn't matter if Donald Trump is the president at that point because they own the Senate, they own the House, he can't do anything. Game over. You can then run on the next four years. You can then make your 2024 campaign centred on Donald Trump hasn't done anything, just like the Republicans did in the last couple of years of Barack Obama. So why focus on the White House when you've got a very small chance of winning it? Focus where you can have the most impact, on those Senate races. Select a ticket that raises the most money for those Senate races. And then if you can win back the Senate, it doesn't matter if Donald Trump's the president because he won't be able to do anything. He won't be able to get his agenda through. It'll be game over. And you can just run four years of Russia investigations, corruption investigations. You can spend four years preparing for 2024 when statistically it's highly unlikely the Republicans will win a third term, especially when you consider the demographics of that vote in particular. Next thing you know, a young Democrat comes up. Pop! Enough with the old white man. He hasn't done anything. Enough with the corruption, etc., etc. The campaign commercials of 2024 are already writing themselves, ladies and gentlemen. You can see it happening. So that's why I suspect Kamala Harris is the vice presidential nominee. Now, a lot of people are going to say, no, it's because she's a woman of colour, etc., etc., a lot of people like, you know, our friend earlier will just flat out with no argument, with no facts or anything, just say, no, won't happen. You're, an, you know, no, it won't happen. You're an idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I can see you've put a lot of thought into this opinion. But sometimes what we want to happen and what could possibly happen are two very different things entirely believe it or not. Just because we wish something to be true doesn't necessarily make it fucking so. Stranger things have happened. The won't happen people always amuse me because that was exactly the, the that was exactly the people we were laughing at after the 2016 presidential election. Remember the ones who said won't happen. <laughs> Donald Trump will definitely not win. Won't happen. Can't happen. Okay. You're in fine company writing something off four years before the event. <laughs> well done. You're very brave. Um, so that's enough Kamala Harris for now. How about this story, ladies and gentlemen, that's been making the rounds? You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Wuhan goes wild. Yes. Chinese gone wild. Thousands attend pool party in former COVID-19 epicenter. Look at all of these. Look at all of these non-infected people having so much fun. Isn't it fantastic? A lot of articles written about this over the last week or so. Just nine months ago, Wuhan was the Chinese city where the first known case of COVID-19, first known cases of COVID-19 were confirmed. But maybe it was bought over by our American troops. 
You know, it's wrong to say that、uh, we are responsible for a virus. The city of 11 million people went into lockdown, and the virus outbreak became, became a pandemic, spreading rapidly to almost every country in the world. But pictures from Wuhan last weekend. Wuhan, Wuhan. <laughs> They put the woo in Wuhan. Well done, Kitty B. That's almost a, as bad a dad joke that I can do. Fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> you are now a hated figure in the Daily Boogie audience. Welcome aboard. Thousands of people wearing swimsuits crammed into Wuhan Maya Beach water park for an electronic music festival. Let's have a little look here at the Wuhanians, the Wuhanese, enjoying themselves in a non viral atmosphere. Yeah, nice. Respect. Having lots of fun, aren't they? They're crammed in there, aren't they? <laughs> Are you ready to walk? Are you ready to walk? What I've noticed with the reporting of this, and maybe you've noticed it too, the celebratory aspects, the, the way Western journalists are going out of their way to say, Hey, look at this. Look at this fantastic thing.、They're, they've got it under control. This is so positive. This is so wonderful, right? I put it to you. Here's my thought. I put it to you that if you're a Western journalist and you are not. <laughs> Zoig in the chat is very upset for some reason. I'm, so, I'm sorry. How, how can I best accommodate you? Tell you what, Zoig. You tell me what you want. You tell me how I can make the show better for you. Okay. You now you have my attention, sir, ma'am, whatever you are. I'm all ears. You tell me in the chat. Zoig in the chat is fuck off, Aussie, you faggot. Okay. <laughs> I'm amazed you're still here. Fuck Rand. Okay. You should probably go to Rand with that concern. I don't, I don't know Rand Paul. You should perhaps approach him with your concerns. Maybe he'll listen to you. Maybe you'll get what you want from Rand. He's a very open, nice guy. Say fuck Rand. Oh, anything else? <laughs> Is that it? Okay. Well, thank you for your worthwhile contribution. Hey, I'm looking at we, we burned 45 seconds on that, so that's good. It's <clears throat> good. Anything to help us get to the end of the show quicker. Sorry, son. So, if you're a Western journalist and you're reporting on this as anything other than rubbing the West nose in it, then I think you're doing your audience a disservice. What I mean about that is the concept of face in Asian politics is all powerful, it's all prevalent. You know how upset the Chinese government has been publicly by people saying things like, oh, the Chinese virus, for example, 
We need an investigation into China, etc., etc., etc. I mean, if you think this is some like kind of organic event here, and the cameras just happen to be there. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? She said, Zoig has Tourette's. Well, we best not make fun of him then. That would be most unfair. Bitch, faggot. <laughs> we better, we don't make fun of people like that. We welcome him with open arms. Thank you for joining us, Zoig. I wouldn't be surprised if people were being ushered into this event with rifles being pointed at them. You know what I mean? This is about rubbing the West nose in it. Hey, check it out. We're partying over here. We got it done. We're not responsible. You're you're the ones that are having problems. You're the ones locking down your your economies. You're the ones who are mistreating your individuals. Look, we're free over here. You know what I mean? It's all about face. We are the superior ones. We are in control. You're out of control. You're struggling. Your politics is a shambles. Your economies are crashing. Over here, we're doing fine. It's nothing to do with us. It's not our problem. It's your problem. Right? So stop telling us that we're the bad guys here. Stop telling us this is all our fault. Look, we're having pool parties. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, we are talking about the CCP here. And the way that Western journalists are falling over themselves to report on this is like some kind of organic celebratory event. Like it just happened. Oh, look at this tremendous pool party. We could all learn a thing or two from the Chinese government. <laughs> right? Garbage. This is all about saying to the West... Look at how incompetent you are in dealing with this. And if half of these people at this event end up on a ventilator by the end of the week, you'll never hear about it. You'll never read about it in the paper. You'll never see that on the, on the evening news. You will see these images, though. I, I don't know where people get this idea that the Western journalists are running cover for the Chinese government. I don't know where people get that weird idea from, right? What a conspiracy theory. <laughs> this is all about saying to us, look at how pathetic you are. You're still locking people down. You can't control the virus. You don't know what you're doing. Your economy is crashing. We are now number one. China number one. I don't think it's anything more than that. Um, Tell you what, got a little bit of time here. Let's cut to Cardi B. We covered Cardi B on Monday's show, her interviewing Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen. Big fans of Cardi B on the show. We now have a follow-up performance from Cardi. Let's check it out. Let's check in with our girl, Cardi B. Yo, what you gonna do? Bernie, what you gonna do with these broke-ass niggas who can't, like, afford to get, like, their pussy checker at gynecologist, y'all? Like, you got all these broke-ass motherfuckers who, like, you know, they're getting their school and shit, they can't afford their shit. Like, so how are you gonna tell, like, a broke-ass nigga, like, he gonna have to pay off his, his, uh, his school loan and shit when he can't even afford to pay for his grandma to get her fucking pussy checker at gynecologist? Like, how are you gonna fix that shit, Bernie? <clears throat> She is the political savant of our age. 
So we've got a little follow-up performance here from our girl, Cardi. Let's check it out. Video, so y'all could keep your pussy on WAP. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you bitches nice. got that dry-ass pussy because your pH balance is off. And you want to know why? <laughs> it's not because you're born with it. It's because y'all keep fucking these dirty-ass niggas. And y'all bitches are shy to tell these niggas that their dick is hot. You got to tell, babe, yo, your Just a little reminder. In the interview she had with Joe Biden, the main contentious point that she had with Donald Trump was to say that Donald Trump's mouth gets us into trouble. <laughs> She's not a fan of Donald Trump's mouth, the way he speaks. He's very unpresidential. Cardi B, ladies and gentlemen. Video, so y'all could keep your pussy on WAP. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you bitches got the damn dry ass pussy because your pH balance is off. And you want to know why? It's not because you're born with it. It's because y'all keep fucking these dirty ass niggas. And y'all bitches are shy to tell these niggas that their dick is hot. You got to tell, babe, yo, your dick's more like mustard, my nigga. You want to throw my pH balance off. Y'all bitches be fucking these little dirty ass niggas. Y'all be sucking their dick and shit. Y'all be gagging on it. Y'all think y'all gagging on it because the dick is big. But no, bitch, it's because it's thick. Another thing is. Yo. Again, the political voice of a generation. You know, Cardi, you know, Cardi, I just love how, you know, you're getting the young people into politics. You're getting the young people involved in the political discussion. It's important. You know, I just love Cardi. Tell me, Cardi, how do you, what do the people tell you on Instagram? What do they tell you on Twitter? What are they looking for in a politician? General reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that in 2024, it will be the largest non-white youth vote in American history in a presidential election in 2024. And another little reminder, in 2020, this woman is interviewing presidential candidates. <laughs> so another little cherry on top for our friend earlier who said, no way, won't happen. You don't know what you're talking about. Cardi B is already being positioned as the gatekeeper for the future president. <laughs> and according to Cardi B... When bitch niggas be gagging on dicks, it's not because the dick is so big, it's because it stink like mustard. <laughs> That's right. Future political gatekeeper, Cardi B. Irrational Times with a diamond. Thank you for joining us, Irrational Times. Uh, Irrational Times live later tonight, 9pm, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times. So vote for Bernie Sanders, vote for Joe Biden. We just got to get rid of Trump because when bitches be gagging on them big dicks, it's because they stink like a mustard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cardi B. With that, uh, we're going to take a quick five-minute break. We, When we return, so much more to get through. I do want to touch on Kim Klasich, ladies and gentlemen. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy. Fair did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Gypsy says, I like mustard on my wiener. Well, there you go. Hot goss off the press from Our Lady of Diamonds. <laughs> when we return, I do want to touch on Kim Classic. And I might try to uh, ruin your brain before the end of the show, if we have time. So thank you for joining us. Stick around. We'll be back in five here on the Wednesday night edition of The Daily Boogie. Oh, Do you? 
select your novelty comedy songs. Organic, handmade with painstaking care. Put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot boogie bump. Idiot boogie. Idiot boogie. Idiot Really giving that one a workout. Come on. Dlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Carry old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, 
and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right out of this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and a delayed holy shit! Thank you, Woodchip TV, for the Ninja Guinea. Very generous of you. Thank you for dropping a Guinea on our lap. Ah, uh, yes, support all those channels. I have a light bag. No more lemons. Yes, absolutely. Support the shows that support us, ladies and gentlemen, all the shows that you see up there. And like I said on Monday, if you're part of the extended Daily Boogie fam, then feel free to send me in like a short promo if you've got one or a thumbnail if you've got one. And we'll whack it up during a commercial break. Because why the fuck not? Huh? Why not? Support the shows that support us. Uh, where were we? So I do have a couple more things to get to. But I almost forgot. I almost forgot. This almost got through. This almost got through the net here. First of all, let me let me play this for you because I thought I thought this was pretty funny. So underneath, um, ring the bell, ring the bell, and get, and get your, your cheese, cheese man. man. Thank you for the sub, winning TV. So underneath, there was a thread the other day about wet ass pussy Cardi B, future political spokesman of our age. Somebody posted this clip under that. Okay, the clip I'm about to play you. And it's only got 550 views, so it's a fresh one. But we believe in giving talent here uh, a chance to, you know, flourish. We want to promote people. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me present to you Little Max Source. Again, this was posted under WAP. So, <laughs> this is Little Max Source. So again, if you're if you have uh, any kind of reservations about the future of the United States culturally and politically, I'm here to put your mind at ease. The future is in safe hands. Yeah. I believe the children are future. So somebody, you know, posted this under that thread of Cardi B. So let's check out the future of America, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to admit that this is better than at least 80% of the fucking rap I've seen come out in the last 20 years. Like when it comes to rap, I'm pretty stereotypical, man. I like my Cypress Hill. I like I like the Beastie Boys. I love those three New York Jews, man. <laughs> right? I like the Beastie Boys. I like Cypress Hill. Uh, I like Method Man. I'm a, I was a, a huge fan of Buster Rhymes, and that's about as gangster as I got. Buster Rhymes was the fucking shit, as far as I'm concerned. Max Source. 
I've got to admit, this is better than, like I said, 80% of the rap that's come out in the last fucking 25 years. And it was posted under the Cardi B thread for WAP. So let's let's give let's give a young patriot. Let's give a young patriot a boost here. I'll put the link in the chat for you. <laughs> because young patriots deserve a chance. And like I said, if you've got some kind of reservation about the future of America culturally, then guess again, motherfucker, because this shit is lit. No oh yeah, I, I big fan of Redman too. That album, uh, what's the what's the Redman album? Is it the roller coaster one? Oh, I can't remember. The one with uh, in the club. Oh god, it's been years since I listened to it, but I used to smash that thing on the car stereo. Uh, let's get dirty. Let's get dirty. That album is fucking amazing from Redman. Yeah. Cabaret in the chat. Lol, no, these kids will grow up to be trash. How dare you? How dare you? Trump forever. Source is a huge pedo word. What? What? This is just wholesome and nice and good and fun. Exactly why it was posted under the Cardi B clip for WAP. Don't you get? This is just nice, wholesome goodness. What is it you don't understand here, etc.? <laughs> Come on. We haven't even heard the song yet. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. It might be it might be fine. Come on. <laughs> I got the sauce like chicken nuggets and happy meals. Money yeah. going up. They cheating me like I'm Jack and Jill. Yeah. The show is jumping. Get the rope and let's double dutch. I'm on my way in a mossy on another bus. You can't afford it. It's a so sick beat. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. It objectively is better than most rap. That's the fucking sad state of rap in 2020. It's far better than a lot of rap. Exactly. Anyone else want chicken nugs? We call them nugs now. Nug life, frozen Asian. Nug life, bitches. <laughs> chicken nuggets. Everywhere I go, I get in max sauce. You can't afford it, so don't worry. Got, she got fans already. I'm just rapping for my youngest, they are part of me. Do it for the kid culture, I'm like Cardi B. When you hit this track, do the sauce with it. Grab a backpack and do the floss with it. Everywhere I go, I'm weak and sauce. Everywhere I go, I'm licking sauce. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. 
the future of the most powerful country on earth is secured. <laughs> and then, now this is the music I listen to, like some old kind of grandpa. Ew, grandpa. Are you listening to black female singers? Yes, I am. Do they sing about licking sauce? Not really. You know, this is a sad song about uh, how their love kind of fell apart over a period of time and she no longer recognises who she is when she's with the person who defined who she is. Like, it's one of those kinds of songs. Boo, that's boring, Grandpa. That's boring and sad. Can't we lick some sauce? (laughs) Okay. Ah, there's enough of that. So, (laughs) Little Mac sauce, ladies and gentlemen. I thought it was good. (laughs) That it was good and wholesome. Uh, really got a response from Cardi for this rap. Oh, now now we have to investigate Cardi. Thank you, Kitty B. Kitty B. Yo, on that's my word. You be smiling like a turd. You belong. <laughs> what is this? Oh, Kitty, don't do it to me. <laughs> Cardi B diss track. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Cardi B is the future gatekeeper for uh, youthful voters in the 2024 election. I hope you're prepared. Remember, uh, remember, if you're concerned about the future of the United States culturally, just remember the wise words of Cardi B, who has interviewed now two presidential candidates, who is positioned to be the voice of the youth vote in 2024. Just remember the wise words from our sage Cardi B. I hope to make her the queen of boogie stand, but remember her wise words. That a dick is hot. You gotta tell babe, yo, your dick's more like mustard, my nigga. You gonna throw my pH balance off. Y'all bitches be fucking these little dirty ass niggas. Y'all be sucking their dick and shit. Y'all be gagging on it. Y'all think y'all gagging on it because the dick is big, but no, bitch, it's because it's thick. Okay. <laughs> now that we're clear, oh, we, and we've got the response as well. Okay. This, right? We're derailing the show. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see the Cardi B diss track first. Yo, that's my word. You be smiling like a turd. You belong in the zoo. You be shouting like a bird. You know how you do when you're trying to get that worm. That's why you are suck. Holy shit. All that money now your soul is replaced. Based. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why they would have such terrible opinions of Cardi B. Cardi B speaks only the truth like this. Yeah, balance off. Y'all bitches be fucking these little dirty ass niggas. Y'all be sucking their dick and shit. Y'all be gagging on it. Y'all think y'all gagging on it because the dick is big. But no, bitch, it's because it's thick. An- okay, that's Cardi B. This is popping, by the way. The little kid with the white fedora is fucking killing me. <laughs> the shirtless guy with the fedora. Looking <laughs> full white gangster. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Again, have have no have no concerns for the future of the most powerful country on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, these are future voters. <laughs> your life for your butt and I don't 
the name okay so here's cardi's response to to the diss track ladies and gentlemen i'm not even gonna talk about this right but i feel like i debunked a lie and even if i debunked it this fucking motherfucking uh blog like page six complex people magazine like they just felt the need to just keep reporting it so let me tell you something so the yeah. other day i got on live right and mm-hmm. i'm gonna post the live yeah. where i was talking about grammys right because yeah. there were so many uh crazy ass Fans talking about like, oh, the Grammy this, right? I feel like this artist should have did this and that. Yep. So I was talking about, oh, these white kids, they need. To- this is a terrible diss return track. Like, isn't isn't the way in rap usually to, you know, if somebody does a diss track on you, don't you do a diss track back? She's not even. She doesn't even have a beat for this. She's supposed to be the professional here. This is most disappointing. Cardi just went down half a step in my eyes some fucking milk talking shit on twitter so um they took that part of that live and they nah. try to make it seem like i was talking about these 10 year olds uh, that did this little this record about me which i thought it was pretty funny and everything okay she redeemed herself <laughs> and but i but when i did that live i didn't even saw that video they took that piece of that live and they try to make it seem like i was talking about them and ever since then their they parents been going to blogs their parents saying that I was talking about them. Yeah. And one of the things that the parents were saying go and mm-hmm. they said like, oh, the reason why we did this this track was because Cardi B bullying people on her music. So we wanted to yeah. go for a taste of the mother, her own medicine. That's that innocent victim shit that white folks be doing that I don't be liking. Like, first of all. Hey, white folks. <laughs> That's that innocent victim shit that white folks be doing. Here are the innocent victim white folks, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, One more time. That's my word. You be smiling like a turd. You belong in the zoo. You be sounding like a bird. We know how you do when you're trying to get that worm. That's why you are up. You remind me of a germ. All that money now you're so Hop much replaced. They huh. fix your teeth, but they couldn't fix your face. It's out of this world. You must be oh. from outer space. Going nowhere fast like you're running in place. Oh, snap, motherfucker. Cardi, you trash. We don't like you like bullies in class. We turn oh. it up and you ain't made the cut. I don't know what's fake. I've never been to a rap gig, but I imagine it's a lot of like bouncing up and down in the same spot and then just going, oh, I think I'd fit right in. But your life for your butt and I don't know what's up. Why are you so lame? Seems all you do is talk loud and complain. We're in the game, but we're not the same. Yeah. Make sure you remember yeah. Z Nation the name. There you go. She's never going to forget. Thank you so much for that. Kitty B in the chat. Absolute legend. Superstar with the links. Speaking of women in politics, I did want to get to this because I thought this was very funny. And this is a great, this is a tremendous lesson for the future here, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm about to give you here on the Daily Boogie program. A couple of days ago, Donald Trump, for some reason, pardoned Susan B. Anthony. (laughs) Posthumously pardoned. Why, uh, I'm sure the truth is only, you know, self-evident to him why he would do something like this. Uh, but let's have a look at let's have a look at the momentous occasion when somebody who's been dead for uh, a century was given this prestigious award. I will be signing a full and complete pardon for Susan B. Anthony. She was never pardoned. 
Did you know that? She was never born. <laughs> Pajanas! Woo! Woo! What's up, Regina? Says, Note Boogie, you got to grab ass and dick at a rap party. Really? I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with my dick being grabbed. Generally speaking. I, I can be quite touchy-feely if I drink too much, but not with women. <laughs> <laughs> Usually with my mates. We go like, ah, oh, Boogie's been drinking again. He's trying to hug us all the time. It's like, I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, bro. I'm one of those. I'm one of those kinds of drunks. If we get drunk, like I'm always trying to get up, shake your hand, give you a hug. I'm very annoying. <laughs> bro, I just want to say like how much I fucking love you, man. <laughs> oh, here we go. He's had one too many. Boogs has been on the booze again. He's trying to hug everybody at the party. My nickname for a while was Huggy Bear. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> I had to work on that slowly. But I will still slap my mates on the ass. Like, I'm one of those guys as well. Like, at a barbecue or at a party, I'll walk past them and fucking slap them right on the ass. Give them a kissy face. Love you, man. And they go, you're a fucking weird cunt, mate. So, <laughs> that's me. If you want a little insight to Boogs... Not totally not gay though. No homo. Uh, yay, vaginas! And you know that she got a party for a lot of other women, and she didn't put her name on the list, so she was never pardoned. And we're uh, for voting. That's right. That's right. She was guilty for voting, and uh, we are. She was guilty for voting. Full and complete pardon. And I think that's really my so thank you very much, and let us... <laughs> Mr. Cigar in the chat. Do you slip a thumb boogie? No, I never slip one in the bowling hole, if that's what you're asking. Our friend here, though, uh, where is he? Ethan Ralph. There he is. Has been known to slip a thumb or two. You can now find Ethan on uh, OnlyFans going under the moniker Gainer Bull. He binges on 10,000 calories a day. You can watch his loading sessions. Gainable, a.k.a. Ethan Ralph. Um, where were we? Oh, here we are. So the reason why I thought this was funny, President Trump says he will pardon women's suffrage leader Susan B. Anthony, who was convicted of illegally voting, voting in 1872. 1870 fucking two. Um, <laughs> this proves beyond any reasonable doubt that Appeasement does not work. Like, not that I think that anybody needed more evidence to say that appeasement doesn't work, but here's why appeasement doesn't work. I was rolling on the fucking floor reading the responses to this. This thread is fucking amazing. Let me put the link in the chat for you, because trust me, you'll spend an hour on this and you will laugh your dick off. <laughs> reading some of the responses to this. It was almost worth doing just for the thread, just for the Twitter thread. I don't think like 4D chess or anything. Have a listen to some of these. Why would people be mad about this? Oh, original Rev, uh, friend of the show. Because Trump did it. It's not what it, it's done that matters. It, that's who does it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> Have a look at this, right? <laughs> One of the top responses. 
No masks, no social distancing at another Trump spectacle. A feeble attempt to woo the suburban housewives, perhaps. <laughs> yes. We hate those feeble attempts to woo the suburban housewives. By the way, uh, government-paid childcare is now on the agenda for the Democrat Party. We wouldn't want to be trying to woo the suburban housewives now, would we? Hmm. <laughs> Does he... <laughs> Does he actually think that this will win him votes? I mean, if he does, who's he going to pardon next to win him votes? Anakin Skywalker for helping to bring about the birth of the Galactic Empire and the downfall of the Jedi Order? Ladies and gentlemen, this is autism, which we didn't, we, which we thought wasn't even fucking possible. <laughs> does he think pardoning Susan B. Anthony is going to win him votes? Who's next? Anakin Skywalker? Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty nerdy. I have Star Wars posters in this studio. I'm not that nerdy. I just got out-nerded. It's very emasculating. I would just like to know, this is another comment, I would just like to know who told him this was a good idea. He's pardoning a dead woman instead of concentrating on the COVID-19 pandemic. So worried about getting women's votes that he think this will actually help he literally hates strong women. <laughs> I, can't, I, <laughs> I can't imagine how twisted somebody's mind has to be. First of all, you have to be a simpleton, right? You have to be a simpleton. Woodchip TV, you're a Sith and I know it. Of course I'm a Sith. The Sith were the good guys. The, the Star Wars movies, in my opinion, this is my legitimate opinion. The Star Wars movies were rebel propaganda. The Sith were the good guys. If you think about it, before the Sith took over, the Republic was a lawless, anarchistic um, quagmire which was plagued with political power struggles and trade disputes. Nothing could get through the Senate. People were starving. People were being... They were being ruled by warlords on, you know, far-off worlds. You know, Darth Vader liberated the galaxy. From corruption. The Sith were the good guys. <laughs> but back to this comment, this one in particular. Winning TV with a diamond. What is thy bidding, my master? Yes. Yes. Come to the dark. Let the hate flow through you. I would just like to know who told him this was a good idea. He's pardoning a dead woman instead of concentrating on the COVID-19 pandemic. So worried about getting women's votes that he thinks this will actually help. He literally hates strong women. Imagine being so twisted in your brain that like, if you take this at face value, which I don't think any of us in this audience would, but just say you do. He pardons literally like the number one strong woman icon. He does a whole presentation about it. She was such a strong woman. She voted, uh, you know, she broke the law, blah, blah, blah. You see him do this and you say this is evidence that he hates strong women. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> Once upon a time, I would try to like logically have discussions with people like this. I don't anymore. I just laugh because there's, there's no middle ground with somebody whose brain is so resembling custard. 
that they can see an event like this take place and but they believe the exact like they see the exact opposite of what their eyes are telling them Susan doesn't need this imposter president's pardon especially as he seeks to negate our votes and tomorrow he's going to be rage tweeting that Susan B. Anthony didn't bother to thank him for it. <laughs> if the toxic hate yam wants to pardon a woman about how about a live one, how about pardoning reality winner who has been held in solitary confinement in violation of her Eighth Amendment rights, who now has COVID? If Manafort can get a release to be spared, COVID, why couldn't she? <laughs> Wake up, America. Trump from here on out will do anything to get re-elected. That's literally every politician. Even nice things to get re-elected. Once he is elected, he becomes Trump with no strings, no base, no Republican Party. Think he's dangerous now. Wait till he needs no one but Putin. <laughs> Putin's back in the news. <laughs> no. No. This is a distraction and trickery. Quit giving him so much news time. He gets all free camera time. When he said he, uh, when he first said he had cameras everywhere, the other candidates had to pay for ads. I'm sick of his face, words, lies, and distractions. He's just trying to redirect focus. This is fantastic, this stuff. I love it. Uh, is this not the most pathetic and observe, uh, uh, absurd pandering yet? <laughs> If Susan B. Anthony were alive today, he would have denigrated her just for being a female who wants equality. <laughs> I can't, I, you can't, I can't, I can't compete with these levels of stupid. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to pretend to be dumb enough to be able to explain this to you in a way that makes sense. Who would have thought so much greatness could have been achieved by just one man? Oh, no, that's a positive Trump comment. We don't want one of those. All I see from this admin is one color. Oh, this these were the best ones. <laughs> the best ones were the people complaining. So he's done this. I, I don't know. I've got a news flash for you. You know, Democrat activists on Twitter who I don't think you I don't think you for a second represent the bulk of the Democrat Party at all. I mean, the person that you're going out of your way to celebrate as being the people's pick when it comes to vice president couldn't even get 1% of the fucking vote. Your comrades in the Democrat Party do not agree with you on just about anything. You are your own little ecosystem on social media and you think that you run the show, but you do not. Most Democrats vote for totally different reasons than you do. Most Democrats, I suspect, think you're unhinged lunatics. Never even mind about the other side. Don't even worry about the Republicans. Most Democrats dislike you. But putting that to one side, the best comments I saw were up during this during this pardoning procedure, <laughs> Donald Trump was being criticized as a racist because there weren't enough black people, there weren't enough black women on the stage during the announcement. I shit you not. <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed. All I see from this admin is one colour. That one colour does not represent a diverse America. It reinforces who he is pandering to with the whole MAGA bullshit. He should change it to Mawa 
Time and time again, he shows me and people of colour in America that he doesn't represent us. A reminder, he just pardoned Susan B. Anthony. They're upset because there's too many white women on the stage. <laughs> so, you know. I agree. I actually agree with the Democrats who are in this thread. You know, a broken clock can be right twice a day. I agree with the Democrats in this thread. Yeah, it should have been three more blacks. Scott Vogler, Vogler in the chat. Just three, though. <laughs> Just three. Better? Maybe that's not good enough. Maybe we have to do this instead. Because you bought with it is because y'all keep fucking these dirty ass niggas. And y'all bitches are shy to tell these niggas that their dick is hot. You gotta tell babe, yo, your dick's more like mustard, nigga. You don't throw my kids down and stuff. Y'all bitches be fucking these little dirty ass niggas that be sucking their dick and shit. Y'all be gagging on it. Y'all think y'all gagging on it because the dick is big. But no, bitch, it's because it's thick. Another thing is, right, why your pH balance is throwing off because y'all bitches need to fucking brush your teeth before you suck dick. Y'all eating barbecue ribs the whole day, bacon, egg, and cheese. Then you suck your nigga dick, and right after, he directly put it inside your pussy. Now you got bacon, egg, and cheese grease inside your pussy. You know what I'm saying? I'm only giving y'all this advice because I love you. And and we'll do the other side later on. I actually agree with the Democrats in that thread who said, uh, this is pointless pandering. Yes, it is. And if you needed any further indications of why appeasement is completely and utterly pointless from now on, there's your evidence. He can literally pardon, like, Susan B. Anthony, the woman's rights hero, etc., etc., blather, 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 blather. You get accused of racism because there aren't enough black women on the stage during the announcement. <laughs> there, is, there is no right answer. There is no level of appeasement that will actually work. So you may as well just stop trying and just laugh. So that brings us to this, ladies and gentlemen, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, this is Kimberly Classic. We touched on this earlier today in the Periscope that I did earlier. Let me full screen this for you. <clears throat> She's a Republican that's won a uh, nomination for the Republican Party for a congressional seat in Baltimore. So we'll just run this through a little bit and I'll give you a few of my thoughts. Do you care about black lives? The people that run Baltimore don't. I can prove it. Walk with me. They don't want you to see this. It's very classy. The first thing that pops out to me is obviously the red dress and the red stilettos. And... Like, I think what we see here is like an exercise in how you can do something, how you can make a really good political commercial on a low budget. Like, we've seen low budget political commercials before, and they're not this good. You can tell that it's low budget just by the way the text is, by the way that they, you know, the way it's filmed and stuff. 
but they've put just a little bit of thought into it and it makes so much difference. Um, I should have brought this up before the show. Let me find something for you. We've played some campaign commercials in the past. Okay. Let me see. There is an inferno raging in <laughs> Yeah, why not? We'll do we'll do Richard fucking painter <laughs> one more time, why not? Now if you want a terrible if you want a terrible campaign commercial done on a small budget. I present it. Well, his budget was probably bigger than this lady's. Richard Painter, ladies and gentlemen, Democrat for Minnesota. Have a look at this. There is an inferno raging in Washington. Swamp Captain Mitch McConnell. Ah, come on. Fucking bullshit. All right, fuck it. Um, you get the idea. So they did it on a really small budget, which I thought was good. So the red dress, a couple of people made comments to me because I was talking about this with friends off air. <clears throat> the red dress, I think, is very smart the the obvious one that stands to mind uh, that comes to mind is red is the the pub, uh, the Republican Party color, right? So it's a good little piece of subconscious entrainment that's taking place here. You know the red dress, the red stilettos, but it's also, and uh, you know I don't know if this is racist to say or not. It might be. I'm not sure. Everything is racist now, but black women look incredibly good in red generally speaking, because black, um, you know, clashes well with red, right? Black and red go really well together. So black chicks always look great in red dresses. I don't know. Well, I know why, because black and red go so well together. So it's also good from that aesthetic point of view. But I think the main reason why I like the red is contrast that with the background so the whole concept, they've really thought about this a lot. She's not just standing in front of the camera saying things. Let's take a walk. So you see this, you know, very attractive uh, woman. She looks fantastic in the red dress, uh, in the red high heels. She, she exudes a, an amount of class, which is fine. Red is the the party of the, the color of the Republican Party, pardon me. But then you contrast that against the background. <clears throat> It looks like they've put some kind of filter on the background, perhaps, maybe. But the background looks very colourless and drab and beige and pale. So she pops off the screen when she's walking around. Again, just stuff that you can do on a small budget. Whoever her team is, they must be really good. Because they obviously have very little money to work with, but they... they Pushed that money right to the end. They they squeezed every penny out of the money that they had. And I think they did a tremendous job. So that, that was the first thing that I noticed on this commercial. Like, I'm just, I'm only playing this because I like to see uh, people, like, I think politics are changing. And we covered the story of Anthony Rogers either last week or the week before, who won his congressional um, nomination race with by spending 28 fucking dollars. Like, I think that's a positive, even though we know a lot of politics is bullshit, even though we know good people probably get taken out of the equation well before they even have a chance to run most of the time. If people are finding ways to open it up and tear open, like, the lobby groups and stuff like that, they're trying to 
decentralize the nomination process, that's only a positive as far as I'm concerned. There may, no, there may not be any chance to stop the Titanic from sinking, but at least we can have a little bit of fucking positive on the way out. You know what I mean? So the fact that this is a low budget thing put together really well, aesthetically looks fantastic. That's the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm Kim Klasik. This is Baltimore, the real Baltimore. This is the reality for black people every single day. Crumbling infrastructure, abandoned homes, poverty, and crime. Baltimore has been run by the Democrat party for 53 years. What is the result of their decades of leadership? Baltimore like, look how much she stands Baltimore out here. Baltimore is one of the top five most dangerous cities in America. Look how bright red that red dress is, right? She pops off the screen. America. The murder rate in Baltimore is 10 times the U.S. average. Crime rate. FBI crime statistics. The Baltimore yeah, her voice is cute. She's got a great voice. The more poverty rate is she's She's very good looking. 20%. Which always helps. I mean, you know, sexism, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Sorry. If you're attractive, male or female, you're always get, people are always going to listen to you for a little bit longer if you're attractive. I don't make the fucking rules. It's just the way humans are wired, unfortunately. This is why I never show my face on camera. <laughs> if I showed you my face, like I have a really small audience. If I put my face on camera, it would be even smaller. Nobody, I'm not listening to this ugly asshole. Look at him. He looks like a hat full of assholes. I'm not listening to this prick. What would he know, stupid, ugly bastard? <laughs> Static void, hot enough for Fox. Touche. Suicide, drug, and alcohol deaths are skyrocketing in our city. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? This, I think, is the best thing about this. With this particular part here, she is showing established GOP candidates how it's done, how to handle Black Lives Matter. And maybe it's you know, maybe it's a privilege of being a non-white candidate. Maybe she can say things like this that a white candidate can't say. But all things considered, I think this is a fantastic way to frame Black Lives Matter. And if you can you can say things right, like Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, they're criminals, etc., etc., etc. But She's a candidate running in a city that has been run by Democrats for 60 years. She can't say that. If she says that, nobody votes for her. Full stop. Rightly or wrongly. Exactly. It's less shaming and more teaching. Exactly. So there's a way to frame the Black Lives Matter problem without going to war on it. Now, you might say, well, that's bullshit. You're supposed to go to war. Fuck these people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. You're not running for office, though. There's a way to go about it. Have a listen to this. I think it's fantastic. Very smart. In our city. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? I do. The vast majority of crime in Baltimore is perpetrated against black people who make up 60% of the population. <clears throat> so why don't we care about our community? Now, see what she did there. Do you think Black Lives Matter? I do. So it's not Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. It's I agree. Black lives do matter. But here's how I'm going to address it. Right? Here's how I think we should prove that Black Lives Matter. Instead of saying 
Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization and they're destroying the country. Fine, but that's not going to be effective, right? Because you have to consider the people who aren't like you, the people who aren't like engaged in the conversation, the people who only get their BLM uh, information from like, say, people kneeling at the start of a baseball game or the two-minute clip that they see on the nightly news. That might be the only contact they have with Black Lives Matter. And their their, their actual real-life opinion of the movement might be as simple as, I think that black people should have justice, right? That might be it. You've got to speak the, the language of the buyer. So I acknowledge she's got an uphill battle to be elected as a Republican. Do you see there's no Republican, um, you know, branding on anything she's doing here? Again, very smart when you're running in a city that's been run by Democrats for 60 years. A whole bunch of Republicans who won, uh, a whole bunch of Democrats who won seats in the midterms in 2018, you know what they did? They completely divorced themselves from the Democrat Party brand. I was talking about it before the midterms. People said I was fucking crazy and had no idea what I was talking about. Chamani, ladies and gentlemen. Chamani, welcome to the Chadaily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Give Chamani a follow. Thank you for the diamonds, sir. BLM, bacon, lettuce, and Maryland. <laughs> Thank you. Give Chamani a follow. He does a nice family-friendly program. Big fans of Chamani here on the show. Give him a follow. DLive.tv slash Chamani. Thank you for joining us, sir. So in the 2018 midterms, like in the circle of streamers and stuff that um, I was in at the time, I think I was the only one who said, I think the Democrats will win back the House. And people said I was fucking insane. I was crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's going to be a red wave. Who cares what you think? You're a foreigner, blah, 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 the usual stuff. And I said, well, you just got to look at the candidates that they're running and how they're running them. Like they weren't running in the seats where they thought they had a chance, right? In those suburban seats, they weren't running like far left Ocasio-Cortez types. If you think the whole Democrat party is Ocasio-Cortez, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're self-deluding. What they were doing, they were running people like veterans, uh, local business people, right? They were running, and these people were running on Republican light platforms, and when you looked at their campaign commercials, because they were running in Republican districts, if you looked at their campaign commercials, not a single Democrat Party logo in sight. No mention of Nancy Pelosi. No mention of the DNC. It was all like, I will work together for our community. I will bring us health care. Uh, I will go to Washington. I will represent you. Right? Exactly. Winning TV knows what I'm talking about. Winning TV is a, a fellow political nerd. In many races, you couldn't tell who the Dem was. Here in New York 2022, uh, he ran as a moderate and bipartisan. Exactly. So I was seeing like, you know, dozens of these Democrat candidates going, doing this, right? Using this MO, going, using this method. And it was working. And when I said, look, they're doing actually really, they're doing a really smart thing here. You need to pay attention to this. What was the response? Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's going to be a red wave. It can't happen. America has woken up. Donald Trump is going to dominate. You, you're an idiot foreigner. Blah, 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 blah. Elections are elections regardless of what country you're in. Sorry, there's a science to it. Oh, you don't understand because you're not an American. Really? 
You're the one who predicted that the Congress would be like 100% Republican, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, who, who's, who's the fucking, who's the one who picked this? Right? Elections are elections. Campaigns are campaigns. Doesn't matter what country you're in. So, consider that. You're, you're allowed to look at what other people do if it works. You're allowed to take note of what works in a campaign and do it yourself. Like, this isn't high school. You're allowed to cheat in that respect. So you look at her commercial here, the framing of Black Lives Matter. It's not Black Lives Matter are terrorists and need to be locked up for life. No. How does she approach Black Lives Matter in, a, in Baltimore, a Democrat-run city? She says, I think Black Lives Matter too. And here's the way I'm going to address it. Look, Black Lives Matter. So no Republican insignia on anything, right? Drug and alcohol deaths are sky... And again, it's low budget. Look at the text on the building effect here, right? That's something that, that's something that I could do, and I don't know anything about graphic design. That cost zero dollars. Very smart. Skyrocketing in our city. In, imposing the text on the building instead of just having it on the screen, right? It focuses your attention on the dilapidated building. Little things like this. Like I said, her team, whoever, di whoever did this, are very, very good at what they do on a zero budget. Do you believe Black Lives Matter? I do. The vast majority of crime in Baltimore is perpetrated against black people who make up 60% of the population. Now, see, what, normally people, what people would normally say when it comes to crime statistics, they'll say... Most of the homicides are black people committed by black people, right? But she doesn't go to that extra length because then it becomes adversarial. Then it becomes you're to blame for the black people getting killed. You, black people. But she's trying to get the black people to vote for her. So she references like the statistics of how many black people are getting killed in Baltimore. She doesn't say that you're the one shooting them. It's just clever. You can say it's dishonest and stuff, whatever. It's a fucking, it's a political campaign. Welcome to politics. <laughs> you know, people are going to say, it's dishonest, she's leaving facts out. Okay, I want you to run wearing a swastika on your arm and doing Heil Hitlers and see how many votes you get. Right? Go out there and go full FBI crime stats during an election campaign and talk about how you want all the black people to be moved out because they're so dangerous and drug addicted and they don't have jobs, see how many votes you get. Because there is a, an inconvenient truth when it comes to politics. If you want to change things, first, you have to win. <laughs> you have to win an election. You have to get people to vote for you if you want to change things. Just happens to be the way the system is structured. So why don't we care about our community? The Democrat Party have betrayed the black people of Baltimore. If the politicians walk the streets like I do, they would see exactly how their policies and corruption affects us. If they don't want to see... And uh, somebody in the chat made uh, said before, I think it was Kimmy, uh, can we just spend a moment to mention the titties, though? <laughs> yes, of course. The titties are fantastic. <laughs> That's also another bonus. <laughs> yeah. They don't want you to see this. Go to any Baltimore neighborhood and ask this question. Do you want to defund the police? No. No. Absolutely not. And see, this is great. Like, again, probably not a big budget. They only had to get three people. There's a, there's a thing in writing called the rule of three. 
I'm not a comedy writer by any stretch of the imagination, but I know what the rule of three is. I've had to write uh, like little radio spots and shit before, not to any great level, you know what I mean? But it's something worth knowing, like the mechanics of why things work, the mechanics of how things stick in your head. This is why all of the old jokes are like an Englishman, an Irishman and a Frenchman walk into a bar. It's because psychologically people remember three things more than they remember two things and better than they remember four things, right? If you're asked to remember two things, it's not going to be as memorable. If you're asked to remember four things, you're going to forget what the fourth one was. Three, for whatever reason it is, psychologically, it's the way we're programmed. If you're given three data points, then you'll remember the joke. Like, so, you know, that's why, like, the jokes are like an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Frenchman, because the third punchline is the one that kills. When people are writing articles, when they're coming up with, like, descriptors for people, you can tell the writers who actually know this because they'll use the rule of three. So they'll say, Donald Trump is a fascist, a tyrant, and a dictator. Instead of just saying fascist and tyrant or fascist or fascist, tyrant, dictator, and misogynist. It's too much, right? So they've gone out, they've found three people. This, this is what I mean. These are little little indications to me why it, it appears like her team, whoever did this commercial, knows very much what they're doing and they stretched that zero budget as far as they could do it and did a fucking tremendous job. This should be uh, taught to any future political candidate what she's doing here. It's fantastic. I, I, it doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to win the election by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a way that you can combat big money politics as long as you put a little bit of thought into it, you can do something that's very effective. Go to any Baltimore neighborhood and ask this question. Do you want to defund the police? No. No. Absolutely not. I had three sons killed in Baltimore. Three sons killed in Baltimore. And I think if we defund the police office, it's going to be worse than that. So no, I'm opposed to that. What are you going to defund the police for? Why? How do you defend your city, your community? Families are losing people. It's not just Baltimore. The worst... People saying they love the red heels. Like, well, you know why women wear heels, right? They're designed to make your ass look better. Like, I don't know if people realise that. I, I'm amazed how many people don't know why heels exist. Heels are designed because they force your ass up into a, like a perky position. It's not about your legs. It's not about, you know, having your heels off the ground. It's to make your ass look good. That's why people wear heels. Place for a black person to live in America is a Democrat-controlled city. But again, like the, the colour of the red, for the Republican red, the red of the Republican Party, and but for me, it's it's so good because black women look fantastic in red because black goes so well with red, goes so well against red. And again, I saw Denver Knight in the chat. <laughs> you know, the Denver Knight's a black lady. Uh, she probably looks fucking killer in red. <laughs> so <laughs> black chicks look good in red dresses. Like I don't know what to tell you. But also the way that the red contrasts. Like look at the background here. Look at the buildings here. She pops off the screen. She could have been wearing some like drab navy blue or black business suit kind of arrangement. It would not have the same effect. Her red dress with the sleeveless and the stilettos, it forces you to look. It forces you to pay attention. It's an impact point psychologically. The map is red, right? 
It's yeah, exactly. The map is red. It's all Republican except for these places, right? And these are the problem places. It's very smart. Ben K. Veritas, Lady in Red. Tourette's version. What's the Tourette's version of like? Lady in Red is dancing with me. Nigga faggot bitch. Ooh. Nobody knows. Fuck you in the ass. It's just you and me. Fucking nigga back. What I want to be. Bitch faggot nigga. God only knows. Fuck her right in the pussy. I think that's the Tourette's version. It's 2020. Name a blue city where black people's lives have gotten better. Try. I'll wait. Look at this. How are children supposed to live here and play here? Very classy. Democrats think black people are stupid. They, they keep going to the shot of her just walking with the legs and the stilettos. It's very good. They think they can control us forever. That we won't demand better and that we'll keep voting for them forever. Despite what they've done to our families and our community. Are they right? Even little things too, right? The background music. It's not doom and gloom. It's positive. It's a positive message. Again, this is the way to frame Black Lives Matter if you're a GOP candidate, in my humble opinion, which you don't have to listen to. You can come out and you can have... And you can show explosions and shit. Black Lives Matter are terrorists. They're an existential threat to our nation. Even though I have some sympathy with that view, even though I think that there's a lot of truth to that view, is it going to be effective in winning Democrat voters in Democrat cities? Arguably no. But listen, like the background music, she says, um, do you think Black Lives Matter? Question mark. So that forces like the audience to, you, you're asking yourself a question. That's another writing technique when you write articles. Ask questions. Ask rhetorical questions because it engages the reader, right? It engages the audience. You're not telling people something. You're asking people something. It's, to it's a totally different relationship you have with the audience, right? Psychologically. So she's asking, do you think Black Lives Matter? I do too. Like, I'm one of you. Here's how I'm going to go about it. Here's how I'm going to address the issues. She's not saying you're a terrorist and I wish you were dead <laughs> because then it becomes adversarial. Then it becomes it's us versus them, which is not going to be effective in a place like Baltimore. She, a lot of like established politicians could learn from this chick and she's only just fucking popped on the scene. The whole presentation here is just fucking 10 out of 10. Fantastic. Perfect. Oh, look at she's me. done it perfectly. I'm rambling again. Thanks for the idea, Benjamin. Okay. <laughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy has sent Tourette's karaoke. All right, let's have a look. What are you doing to my show? You're looking so lovely as you did tonight. Fuck off. <laughs> Never seen you shine. So I was close. Bright. Fuck off. Oh, yeah, fucker. Oh, yeah, fucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never seen the man that asked you if you wanted to It's beautiful. To dance. It's beautiful. Fuck romantic. Looking for a little romance. Fuck who you don't have a chance. Thank you for that donation, by the way. Come here. 
<laughs> I was very close, wasn't I? <laughs> Give it half a chance. Fuck off. Children supposed to live here and play here. Again, relating how the how are your children supposed to live here and play here? Your children, not their children. Democrats think black people are stupid. They think they can control us forever. That we won't demand better and that we'll keep voting for them forever. Despite what they've done to our families and our communities. Are they right? I'm Kim Klasik and I'm running for Congress because I actually care about black lives. All black lives matter. See what I mean? Really smart. She didn't say all lives matter. She said all black lives matter. Right? Again, whether right right or wrong has very little to do with getting people to fucking vote for you, believe it or not. Keep voting for them forever. Despite what they've done to our families and our communities. Are they right? I'm Kim Klasik and I'm running for Congress because I actually care about black lives. All black lives matter. Our communities matter. Baltimore matters. And black people don't have to vote Democrat. She didn't mention once in that commercial that she was a Republican. Did you notice it? She did not mention once that she's running for the Republican Party. She is. She didn't mention it. All she said was, you don't have to vote Democrat. She's presenting herself as the option without saying that you have to, like, betray the Democrat Party. You don't have to betray your parents, right? You don't have to betray your city. You just don't have to vote for them. Like, I think Black Lives Matter too, right? Very smart campaign commercial. I wish her all the best. Kim Classic, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I thought that was worth sharing because, like I said, low budget, just thinking about how you present things, just thinking about how you go about it, <clears throat> you can get a lot done on not a lot of capital. So she's going to have an uphill battle, I think, to get elected. But, I mean, like I said... A whole bunch of established GOP politicians could learn something from her, and she's only been on the scene five minutes, so congratulations. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with another episode. Don't forget to follow our friends later on tonight, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra. I don't know if everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh, will be going on or not. We'll perhaps, we'll see. Um, don't forget UK Neil, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, at Real Person PLTCS, Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, Iceman, Iceman double four double three, Y Censored Kimmy. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, Sunday Night Shit Show, Frozen Asian and Spent D, ladies and gentlemen, JJ Stoner, Lois Ropez, and anybody else I might have forgotten. I'll be back on Friday night at 6pm. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to compliment me on my red stilettos and tig old biddies, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, Ring and we'll see you soon. Ring the bell and get Bye-bye. your cheese, man.